going back to the rabbit rabbit hole. What a week in college football. Boomer Sooner getting the dub down in Dallas. Jake, you guys had a bye week. Ohio State, I don't even remember who we played. Oh, Maryland, we crushed them. We crushed them. I mean, nothing else to say about that one. It was pretty easy. Uh, They're they're getting into the groove of things, and that's – I wish we would have won that Oregon game, but we didn't. And we're probably the best team in the Big Ten, even though there's like five teams in the top ten right now. I mean, it's insane. The Big Ten is running the table right now. Um, Be sure to like, comment, subscribe retweet the, the videos, the clips, whatever you want and subscribe to the channel. It actually does help whether you're subscribed on YouTube or listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you are getting this content, please just sus- subscribe to it. Follow us on Twitter at the bake is here at Preston pool, four Oh five and at Jake cart. Jake's been tweeting a 200% more the last two weeks than ever in his life. Uh, so congratulations on him for that. Let's go around the table and do our records. I'm sitting at 12 and 11, another 500 a week for me. OU Texas over 63 and a half hit Michigan state minus five against Rutgers hit BYU minus five and a half did not. They lost to Boise state Stanford plus 11 and a half against Arizona state. That did not hit. I should have went with my guts on Arizona state. I kind of knew they were going to win that game uh, or they were going to cover massively and they did. So you guys go around, give your picks from last weekend, let people know what you went. Uh, and then we'll get right into the show and talk the important stuff. Cause what a hell of a week. I mean, that might've been one of the best weekends in sports in like a long yeah. time, definitely in the last two years, Preston go first with your picks from last week and what you're sitting at this week, heading into the weekend. Uh, another terrible week for me. I went one and two for like the fourth week in a row. Just absolutely terrible. But I had uh, SMU minus 13 and a half first Navy. Uh, I think, SMU we won that by like a touchdown or maybe like 10 points, something like that. Uh, then Alabama minus 18 versus A&M. I did not see that game happening at all, but uh, unfortunately missed on that one. But thankfully I, I'm going to keep rolling with the Georgia Bulldogs. I had them minus 14 and a half versus Auburn and that one hit. Um, other than that, uh, I think my record is nine and 10 now on the season. So I've, uh, I've dropped below 500, but looking gotcha, to get gotcha. back above 500 this week. Jake. Well, uh, last week I was six and nine and, nice. uh, nice. And <laughs> the thing is, is, uh, you know, I keep the streak of going the worse I pick, the better Oklahoma state does. So, uh, fading myself sometimes helps out, but yeah, last week was bad. I took Baylor, West Virginia under 44 and a half. I think Baylor covered the over by themselves Yep, makes Oklahoma state look good because Baylor and, you know, you picked uh, Boise uh, against Boise State and Boise State beat a top 10 team. So at least that gives us some validity. And then Houston Tulane, that one hit that uh, Houston actually played pretty well in that game. And then I had obviously Texas plus three and a half. And uh, at one point in that game, I was covered by quite a lot. Yeah, let's get right into it because that might have. What's your overall record real quick? Uh, seven and 10, seven and 10. All right. So you're creeping up on Preston. I'm still ahead. I'm still Oof. on the top of this board right now. And I, I'm going to try to stay there, but w- let's get right into that game. Cause I think that's the, like the most talked about game, obviously A&M upset Bama, but I think the, the game of the weekend was boomer sooner winning over. I mean, that game was insane. That, that game, I mean, heading into the night watching Bama and the A&M game and then A&M eventually winning, that made the freaking Red River game feel like three weeks ago. 
There was so yeah. much happening in sports this weekend that it was insane. Arkansas Ole Miss, but Preston, you you have the floor. Take it away. Let us hear your thoughts. Let the people know what you're thinking after that game because, Jake, even though that spread, that plus three and a half was, I mean, you got fucking murdered on that right at the end there. But, Preston, what did you think of that game? Holy hell. Yeah, it's about just shy of 1230 uh on Tuesday afternoon in Texas still sucks. Uh, the Sooners win another red river, uh, shootout showdown rivalry, whatever the hell you want to call it. doesn't matter. OU comes back and they win in a game that let's be honest. I I was kind of down bad in that first half. Uh, wasn't feeling quite good, but uh, it turns out we have a quarterback controversy now in Norman. Um, I don't think there's much of a controversy. I don't think there's much of a controversy at all. I think it, I think Spencer well, I, Rattler's time in, in Norman is done. It's over. I mean, the second, the second Caleb Williams came in and stayed in Spencer, Spencer probably was like, all right, LSU, Florida, A&M, maybe USC. Like, where am I going next? Cause, cause he's not going to stay there. He, there's no chance. Yeah, no, but it's one of those things that Lincoln Riley has to play it the right way. That way Rattler stays the rest of the year instead of just jumping ship, you know, after TCU, if he doesn't get the start, because although, yeah, it looks like Caleb Williams is better than Spencer Rattler at at the moment. Uh, Caleb Williams is still a freshman. He's only played really in one, one game. Um, And if he has the yips as a freshman and, you know, say Bedlam or something like that, you could always go back to Spencer Rattler and have him come in and and play quarterback. But I, I mean, and in total, the, the team looks so much better with Kay, Caleb Williams running the offense. Um, the defense played better. The offense obviously played better. The offensive line didn't have to sit there and block for a statue in the pocket. Caleb Williams could run around and make plays. And uh, he threw the ball downfield, which is something that we hadn't seen yet at all this year. So, yeah, I mean, you guys were actually able to make make those play, those big plays. I mean, Spencer Rattler, it didn't seem like, you know, I, I don't know if this is true and I don't know if it's just a, you know, one of those rumor threads on Twitter that I read and maybe it is true. Maybe it isn't, but there was reports or like I said, rumors that the team just wasn't behind Spencer Rattler. They just didn't have faith in them. Maybe it had to do with the NIL deals. You know, they just didn't feel like he was the the guy, so to speak. And so when, when Caleb Williams came in, they felt like he is the guy they rallied around. They, they stood up for him, not stood, not stood up for him, like in a, in a bullying way, but you know, like actually got that shit done and felt that felt that motivation that he is bringing behind that line, every call, every snap. And I mean, yeah, once he came in, that was, it was, it almost felt like you were like, it was like Oklahoma's going to win this game. Like there was, once he came in and that tide shift, that momentum shifted, you almost knew Oklahoma was going to win. It was only a matter of time. I mean, every second, every possession that Texas had, you just knew. You just knew, like they're <laughs> Texas is. Well, Texas. The defense was the defense was finally getting stops. I mean, it wasn't like you know yeah. the first play of the game they let him get what a eighty yard touchdown. Yeah, seventy five yard play. Was getting, yard getting stops. First play. They they wore down that. Uh, Texas offensive line. So the defensive line was able to get pressure uh, and cause trouble for Casey Thompson because in the first half, he was just able to sit in the pocket and and wait for his receivers to get open and threw all over uh, the OU defense. I don't care how good your defensive backs are. If they have to sit there and cover for, you know, longer than what five, 10 seconds, 
they're going to receivers are going to get open no matter what, no matter who is is playing, unless you're like a Jalen Ramsey or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree 100. percent I think I think uh, Texas has the tangibles on the offensive side. I think it's their defense. They're obviously their defense collapsed in the second half. I mean, yeah. there's they just could not tackle anything that OU was doing. It was actually kind of insane. Uh, what are your What are your projections going forward? If, if Caleb Williams is the starter going forward. Do you think you can go on? Do you think you go undefeated or do you think that OU is still going to have one of those games this year? And I'll, I'll give you my opinion. I think every team, I don't think we're going to have an undefeated team this year. Maybe, maybe like a coastal Carolina, but not like, not like a major team. I don't think we're going to have a major undefeated team. Uh, since he, Again, since he maybe, but like I'm talking Georgia, Bama just went down, OU, Michigan, Michigan State, things like that. I, I don't think we're going to end up with big name undefeated teams. Disrespect. I think everyone has. A, I think everyone has. A, <laughs> Jake, you literally named everyone. every undefeated team except Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah, well, literally I everyone. Probably, I think you guys are going to probably drop one too. I don't know if it's going to be against Texas yeah. or OU or if it's going to be one of those, you know games where it's Iowa state or Texas tech or something, but I think every team is going to fall this year. I think every team that's, that's something is going to fall this year at one point. So what are your, th- what are your thoughts going into the rest of the year? Cause that was, a, that was like the biggest game so far, obviously of your guys' season, Preston. Yeah. I mean, look, if Caleb Williams comes in and runs the offense, like he did Saturday, whenever he was in, I don't think OU loses another game. The, the, the closest game would probably be OSU. Uh, and that's just because that's up in Stillwater and their defense looks pretty good. But the rest of the Big 12, I mean, if Caleb Williams plays that way, none of the teams really scare me that much. Um, but again, he's a freshman. He's played, what, three quarters of yeah. two and a half quarters of, of football. And that's one of those games where you go in, you don't really think about much except for trying to score or, or, you know, whatever it might be. Now he's going to have to game plan for a whole entire week uh, on teams and teams are going to be game planning for him for a whole entire weeks. Um, and the more he 100%. plays, the more, more footage they have on him. So it's going to be more, it's going to be tougher for him going forward. Um, but I think if Caleb Williams is a quarterback, uh, I just think this team, they felt different when he was out there playing quarterback. Agreed. It, the total different feel when he, that whole second half, that offense was, was mel, uh, m- gelled together. They were meshing, whatever you want to call it. They, they felt like the offense that, you know, OU fans have thought they were going to be all season long. And they finally felt like that. And Marvin Mims might be the best receiver in the big 12. What a catch. That guy I is mean, insane. Of course, everyone's talking about it. That's the catch. Of the, that's the catch of the weekend. Probably. But I mean, it deservedly. So that was like the most insane catch I've ever seen ever. I mean, that, that literally was like one grass sliver away, yeah. one grass away from being out of bounds. Jake, let's hear your full thoughts from the weekend or from that game. Cause we watched that game together. You, you know, you pointed out a lot of stuff. I mean, that, that out of bounds where he was, he went out of bounds on his own, came back in, he caught the ball, the ref threw his hats in indicating he was out of bounds yeah. and then still allowed that, that, that was a legal touching by a mile. They didn't even call it. So let's hear your thoughts on yeah. that. Cause I know you got a lot to say. Well, you know, the thing is, dude, is that, you know, is 20, 28, seven, the one possession that, Oh, you went down and scored. It was a legal touching that came down to it. So it's like, you take the legal touching away. There's 28, nothing. Texas has the ball before halftime. They have timeouts. They run right up. They run ISO right up the middle and let the time just click away. They could have scored there. I know it's hard to do that when you're up 
like that. You know, you don't want to make mistakes, but like you have the opportunity to score there, put the game away. D- don't take the kickoff out of the, out of the end zone. Caleb will or uh, Caleb Kelly with the strip was massive. I mean, everything just slid the opposite way. Texas, you know, the thing is, is Texas offensively is a top 10 team, but defensively, they just have really struggled this year. Like the, the, against the run game, especially, I think OU had 330 something yards rushing and like, that's just an unbelievable number that it's so hard to overcome that. Even yeah, I think though Texas' defense so is like 105th or something like that. They're 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 down yeah. there. They're down on the bottom end of the uh, of the rankings in terms of defense. And yeah, they they Jake, what was that number you said? They put up 679 total yards of offense or something like that. Yeah, six sixty two. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, that that's was insane. OU's. That's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially have, being down like that. So you guys have Texas this weekend. I mean, that that's a huge game for you for Oklahoma State. That's 12. What are you guys, 12 in there, 21 or 25, right? That's a huge yeah. game down in Austin. You guys have a pretty good track record down in Austin. What are your thoughts going into that game? That is uh, interesting. It'll be our third top 25 game in a row. Now we have to play on the road in Austin. Texas coming off a heartbreaking loss. It's kind of hard to tell either way if they're either going to be fired up or demoralized. It's uh, it's one of those things. I hate the matchup because we are polar opposites. Texas is a top 10 offense. We're a top 10 defense. They're a top 100 <laughs> defense and we're a top 100 offense. So literally you split the hairs both ways and it's like we're the exact same, just polar opposite. And you know, the thing is, is that if we get into a shootout with Texas, we're probably in trouble. If the game is close, we'll probably win. But it's one of those that it's Texas. There's a, a million things that can happen. I mean, last year was one of the craziest games of all time. Of that, We had four, t- we turned the ball over four times and still went to overtime and still, still had a chance to beat Texas. I mean, we dominated that entire game and yeah, like it's, that was one of the heartbreaking losses last year. So it's this year. I just, I just don't know what Texas is going to do on Saturday. And I don't know how we're going to perform. I think the thing is, is we're going to have to put up some points on the board and, uh, it just depends. I don't know how much we can lean on our defense. We've done it all year, but up to this point, you know, Texas is, I believe, a legitimate top 10 offense. So it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, you know, one of the best games in this coming weekend. It, there's quite a few of them, I think. Uh, but that, actually, I don't know. I, I only saw, I only really looked for picks, to be honest. But I think that game is like going to be a real close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by either side. I think, it, like you said, if you can put up some points on the offense, you're going to be in a pretty good position because I think you're going to, and if you can win that turnover battle, if you can win that turnover battle, you probably got the game. Uh, teaser, I'm taking, I'm taking Oklahoma State plus five, five and a half. I mean, I, I do think you guys win that game. I think, I think it's, Texas is time to there. That was a terrible loss. They just had They're They're beaten down. I don't think they're going to come back from that game necessarily. I think you guys are going to, I think you guys are the best sneaky undefeated team. I, I really do. You guys have this weird knack to you. You guys grind out these games and that defense, like you said, you guys are top 
you know, really top 10, top 15 defense, probably. Uh, I don't know about stats wise, but just from what I've seen, you guys have a legit defense offense. Yeah. You struggle. So if you can figure out a way to put on points, I think you got this game. So teaser, I'm taking that pick. What do you think about that over under the over under for that game is 60. What do you guys think about that for Texas, uh, Oklahoma state? Uh, I just don't see OSU scoring like 35 to 40. I think they, for them to win, they're going to to keep Texas below probably 30 and they're going to to score, you know, 28 somewhere in there, which I I think that's doable, but it's going to be tough um, with the offense that they run. If they can get the running backs going, OSU can, then I I think they'll be good. Obviously Texas defense sucks against the run. They let a OU team that literally has not got any rushing yards at all this year, run up and down the field. So I think you get the running backs going, if you're OSU, then I think you could get it done as long as your defense stops that that offense. Agreed. Yeah, Take. I think I think the thing is too is that you know uh, this was the second time Texas let a team rush for over 300. I think they let TCU rush for 300. So the thing is is that we're if we can run the ball, I mean we're a we're a pretty good team. I mean Spencer Sanders helps out a lot, escaping the pocket and everything like that. I think the thing is is that. If running against them is massive, but, um, the, I think, I think the keys to this game, Spencer Sanders, not throwing just dumb passes. Cause that's his thing is he throws interceptions and he fumbles the ball. So if he can control that ball and not fumble it and just do those smart passes, those check downs, those just progress, just progress and get that run game established. I, that's why I think you guys are going to be good. I think your defense is good enough to at least put a lot of pressure on that offense and really hold them. Uh, and if you guys can get defensive takeaways, that's huge. That's going to be huge. If you guys can force fumbles and get a couple interceptions that that'll be big. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I understand. I know what our problem is, but the secret to Oklahoma state, which I shouldn't even say this out loud. Is, oh boy. Uh, is, this is, is, wait, 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 this is, no, no one, no one will yeah. hear this. We're just going to put this in the trust circle, the trust circle. Just us. <laughs> we'll put yeah. a, a long bleep yeah. right here. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, is, Tay Martin is really the only besides Rashad Owens is playing really well. And we get John uh, back and Brennan Presley is decent, but in the reality of it, Tay Martin has a hundred yards receiving every game he started. So Tay Martin is basically 90% of our passing offense. And then uh, what's even crazier, which is even more than 90% is Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren has 95 carries in the past three games we've played. So he's getting over 30 carries a game. Like, and that's just an incredible amount to get, you know, that's a huge load to take on. And I don't know how much more he could take of that. Supposedly we're supposed to get Desmond Jackson back. Supposedly who knows? I mean, he, he was supposed to go a week or two ago and he didn't. So we'll see how that happens. Cause the, our problem right now is we're down to Jalen is our second string. who got put into first string cause LD's out for the season. And then our third string who's the Jack is injured, hasn't played in like four weeks. And so Dominic Richards, our fourth string <laughs> is now our second string. So we only have two scholarship running backs, a hundred percent ready to go. Third is a maybe, I think if we get Desmond Jackson back, that's going to help a lot. If Tay Martin plays well, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Of it, we're really so far this season, we're a two two pony, you know, thing. Of Tay Martin 
Jalen Warren. If he can stop both of them, our offense is that could be a good prop bet. Martin over 100 yards receiving. That could be a good prop bet. I might look into that. See if uh, the site I use has that. Uh, let's move on to probably the second biggest game of the weekend. I mean, that Bama A&M game down goes Bama. We we kind of thought that maybe they were beatable a couple weeks ago. Uh, and, and now it shows they, they were beatable. I, like I said, I think everyone's beatable, uh, but Bama, I mean, that was surprising. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that that game? I mean, that was insanely surprising to me that Texas A&M, I did not think like you, I mean, you took them Preston, you took Bama to cover that 18 point spread. And so I know how you're feeling. I kind of know how you're feeling on that. I don't think anyone saw that coming for out of Texas A&M. Maybe we thought like, and Jake, I think you said it last week. They're not the defense we thought they were. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they are. You know, what were you guys' thoughts on the, on that game? Preston, go first. Cause you had them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw the, uh, only the second half cause I was out doing some other stuff after the OU game. Um, but I mean, you get a kick return for A&M, um, whenever Alabama is out there responding to, to what you're doing, you get the kick return and that's massive. Um, and then you're able to get the, uh, the quarterback that gets hurt comes back in. Cause it looked a little dicey there. They're going to have the, the third string walk on come in. That's never taken a snap yet in, in college football. It looked a little dicey, but uh, unfortunately enough, their uh, backup quarterback was able to come in and uh, get down the field and, and kick that field goal to win it. But I mean, I don't know. Jimbo Fisher just does just enough to keep his job. I think just about everywhere he goes, besides that that one national championship year at Florida State, he does just did, enough to keep his job. Yeah. Did you guys see that? There was a there was like some A and M Reddit post that got uh, thrown around on Twitter, and it was some A and M fan being like, is, is, "Are they throwing games this year to win the Bama game?" And it's like. <laughs> Wait, they actually might have been doing that. They might they might have been throwing a couple games earlier this season just to save everything for the Bama game. And you know what? Hey, it the the true colors came out. They they beat them. I mean, that that was a huge huge loss in college football because now we've I don't even, I don't even know how many top twenty five teams have lost this year so far. But it's it's turning into be a chaotic season. And like I said, I think everyone's going to take an L this week or not this week. I think everyone's going to take an L this season. We might only see like Cincy, maybe Coastal Carolina, be like some of the only teams that stay undefeated this year, in my opinion. And so I I don't know. I think every team's going to be down, but. Boy, AM pulling out that win. I, I'm happy for it. I, I always love seeing Bama go down. I don't know about you guys. Jake, did you watch oh, yeah. that game? Yeah, yeah, I watched that game. An interesting thing about that game, too, is that there was um, some guy I saw where he went to the OU Texas game, yeah. rushed, rushed the field there, and then literally right as that game ended, he went, drove down to College Station and then rushed the field at AM. He what? got two field rushes that. in the same day. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. That was, that guy, shout out to that guy. That guy yeah, shout out. That you're gonna have to send that to me because that's insane. That's that's almost yeah. like if you're a uh if you're uh the foul ball catcher guy, you know how there's that guy, he's just known for being the foul ball catcher or the home run yeah. ball catcher or whatever. That's like him going to like the, like the ALCS and then the NLCS in the same day or something that that's insane to be able to, and to, to like have that opportunity where you, you have a game where you, it's huge. And then do you do rush the field and then go to another one where it actually comes through? Like, 
No one thought that game was going to happen. No one thought that AM was going to win that game. I mean, they're, they're, if you're an AM fan and you say you thought you were going to win that game, you're just not being truthful. You did not think you're going to win that. You hoped you win that game and you did win it, but there's no way you realistically thought you're going to win that game. I mean, Bam is a fucking yeah. monster, a monster of a team. And that was just a surprise game for everyone. Yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead, Jay. I, I think, dude, the thing is, too, is that like, AM, you know, the quarterback played out of his mind, and that was really what was hurting AM all season. Their defense, obviously, I thought was amazing. But the thing about Bama, too, is that when you start looking back and you, you know, you look at that Florida game, like they played Florida, you know, Florida played really close, and Florida's not looking very good. And, you know, you start putting the pieces together and you're like, you know, maybe Bama's not as good as we all thought because that end of Miami you know, game at the beginning of the season, Miami looks terrible. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things. Of, it's, it's just a weird year of, you know, most of the time that top upper echelon of teams kind of separate themselves a lot, which I still think Georgia kind of is, but for the most part, everybody's kind of like, it, almost anybody can lose any day. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Anyone can lose. I, I truly do think that. And, and we'll get into it a little bit later when we do our here soon, when we do our picks. Um, but one more thing about that AM team is that quarterback, you know, he came in what game, game one, AM's original starter for the season went down. I think it was game one, maybe game two. Mm, and, I think, yeah, I think it might've been game two versus Colorado. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. It was against Colorado. So that backup Kelzada or Kelzana or whatever his name is, he comes in and you know, he only gets oh, fucking thing. He only, he's probably, I don't even know if he ever had any snaps before that. And so he comes in and yeah, the last couple of games, they struggled and they lost a couple. They lost to Mississippi state last week. And so he never really got into stride. And now all of a sudden he got a little into stride with that Bama game. And who knows this, this quarterback could be actually good. And he just took, it just took him a couple games, a couple weeks to get everything under him, you know, cause it's hard. Like you said, it's the same situation for Caleb Williams. He could have had a big game. And then the next two weeks, he could not figure things out. You know, he could not, maybe he doesn't figure things out. And oh, you does take an L. Uh, you guys have a bye week this week, right? Uh, TCU. TCU. So there you go. I mean, like, what if you did, what if he did, what if TCU plans just right for Caleb Williams and he, you know, first week as the starter doesn't plan exactly how, you know, a starter, a veteran starter normally would. And maybe he falters a little bit. That could be, uh, but with that quarterback for AM, he's obviously getting things under him and oh, figuring the, the scheme out. Yeah. Oh, I think shit. <sighs> Where'd you lose me? Caleb uh, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was saying it's just like Caleb Williams at OU. If he doesn't, you know, he's weak first week as a starter, it might take him a little bit. It might take him a week or two to figure out the the just how to be a starter, just how to all Dude. the schemes, all the all of that. I'll say this about that too, of that if you think historically, I mean, obviously. I think the reason why Caleb Williams is working right now is like, yeah, he made some throws downfield, but also it's Marvin Mims, in my opinion, that made the miraculous catches. That's kind of making him look good and throwing the ball. I don't, I, the jury's still out on me. And Caleb Williams throwing the ball a lot. And the thing about TCU and Gary Patterson is, I don't know. I mean, he only three or four times has he ever led a team rush for over 200 whatever 50 yards or whatever it is. So it's like, he's always historically good against the rush. 
So if they stop OU's run game and everything and put a lot of pressure on it, we could see a situation where Caleb Williams starts, they though you the run game gets shut down, Caleb struggles to throw, you bring Rattler back in. But I don't even think it's a controversy at all, dude. If I was OU, what I would do is I would say, Hey, Ralph Rucker, it's your time to shine, boy. If if we can do this with Caleb Williams, I was like, we're just doing the next. I was like, third string, now you're in, and we'll see how you go. <laughs> hey, maybe they have to because if Caleb Williams falters, maybe they don't put Spencer Rattler back in. They just go and, and keep going uh, with the backups. Riley's I mean, already said in his thing. press conference this week, he's not naming a starter this week. So Yeah, I saw that, which um, is probably smart. Yeah. Probably smart on his end. All right, we got seven minutes uh, before we're going to go into the next segment, which is NFL and everything else. Let's go around, do a quick uh, – let's give our picks for this upcoming weekend. Let's do it real quick. Uh, I'll go first. I got – you know, they haven't they haven't filled me yet this year when I've taken them. I'm taking Syracuse plus 14 against Clemson. It's at – it's in – I think it's in Syracuse, so that's a huge upside for them. I think Clemson is faltering all year, so I got Syracuse plus 14. I already said I got Oklahoma State plus five and a half. I do think you guys end up winning that game. I do hope that, but I do think if not, you probably lose by a field goal again, like year after year. Uh, next game is Ole Miss minus three at Tennessee. I, I'm just taking Ole Miss because that's the – Eli Manning, Peyton Manning rivalry and Eli called Peyton out being like, Oh, he didn't want to call this game this weekend, how they've been doing the Monday Monday night thing. Peyton bailed on doing it for this game. Maybe that he didn't, maybe he did. But if, if Eli said he did, I'm going with Eli Ole Miss minus three at Tennessee and the game that I, I think is wild for this spread. I think this spread is wild, but maybe like, you know, Maybe it will like the week before where Arkansas played them. They got blown the fuck out. I got Kentucky plus 23 and a half at Georgia. I think, I think Kentucky's not that bad. I think they, I, I think that spread is insane. 23 and a half for Kentucky. Maybe Georgia is the real deal. We don't know, but if they're going to lose, it's probably going to be this game. I at least got the spread. I don't know if Kentucky's going to win, but I do think Georgia falters at one point this year before the big, uh, before the SEC championship game. I do think in the regular season, they do drop one. So those are my four picks. I got Syracuse plus 14. Oklahoma State plus four and uh, five and a half, Kentucky plus 23 and a half, Ole Miss minus three. Uh, Preston, you're next. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite of you on the Kentucky Georgia game just because Georgia has been a, uh, a wagon for me so far this season. So I'm taking Georgia minus 23 and a half. That defense is just too good. I don't think Kentucky is really the 11th ranked team in the country. I looked at their schedule before all this and uh, they've had a fairly easy schedule so far. Uh, then I'm going to ride with Bama coming off of a loss minus 17 and a half versus Mississippi state. I don't think Mississippi state is a good football team. Uh, that's the only reason I'm taking Alabama on that one. And then a little, uh, big 12, uh, flavor here over 58 in the Cincy versus UCF game. Uh, Cincy's good and UCF can put up some points. So I think that over should hit pretty good. Sounds good. Jake, what do you got? Interesting, dude. I mean, I had two of Preston's pick, but the other way around. So, uh, obviously, game day, take it every every week. Uh, the Georgia-Kentucky game, it's it's one of those where the spread's a little too spicy for me. So, life's too short to bet the under, so I'm taking the over 44 and a half. I'm trying to fade myself this week. You know, give me the good juju for Texas. And then also he picked uh, Central Florida Cincy. He took the, what'd you take the over or the under? I'm taking the spread. I'm taking Central Florida plus 20 and a half. I think that's pretty high for a team that's 
you know, Central Florida is pretty good. I mean, they they hung in there. They beat Boise State. They have a couple good wins. I know they have a couple losses, but the only outlier that I have is I'm taking San Diego State minus nine and a half against San Jose State, which should be a decent game. It's, it's kind of out there, but I, I like taking those Friday night, Friday night light games. And uh, the other thing that I was going to say is I have a, a little tidbit for Spencer Rattler of that. If Spencer Radler, his two options are in the, the season, go to the draft or transfer. I think if you're Rattler, you transfer to Clemson, you go through the whole thing, you can come out and win a national title with Clemson being that good. And then everybody will completely forget about this whole debauchery of Caleb Williams. That, I, I actually think that's not a bad take going to Clemson because you know what? They, they're they not going to be down bad for two years in a row. I think this is just a flute, you know, a, f- a funny year for them. I don't think D- DJ Ugalele is the answer for them there. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe he does step in at Clemson and just rides that massive team. Cause they're probably, they're obviously going to get better. They're going to be better next year. They'll probably be back in the playoffs next year. They're not going to be there this year. And the ACC is an easy, easy uh, conference to take, take a win out of. Uh, and so Unless you're fucking Florida State, they'll never win. God. Uh, so, yeah, those are our picks. Be sure to fucking stick around and listen to the next segment, which is going to be NFL. And also, I want to talk about that Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight because, my fucking God. All right. <laughs> On to it. All right. NFL, Deontay Wilder. I mean, did you, did either of you watch that fight? Yeah, I, I watched. I uh, started watching the third round. Gotcha. Jake, did you watch that fight? No, I was so mad. I oh woke up God. the next morning and I was so pissed. I watched the honestly, highlights, but honestly, I, I haven't been a, I'm not like a huge box fan. I'm not going to try to say I am. I've been watching MMA since the first McGregor Diaz fight uh, way back in like 15. I think it was uh, that's when I started watching fights consistently or at least as consistently as I can. And honestly, that, that third fury wilder fight, might've been the best fight I've ever seen in my life. That was insane. I mean, when he, when Wilder knocked Fury down the first time, I was like, Oh wow. Wilder might win this one. But then you got to think like Fury is that guy. Fury's that guy. He's yeah. going to, he's just going to get back. If you punch him and he gets and you knock him down, guess what? He's getting back up. Like he's just going to get back up. He's like the undertaker, you know? And what, I mean, just what, and what a beast Wilder is to go 11 rounds, just, Bomb after bomb after bomb. I know my internet's terrible right now. I know. Uh, are you guys still hearing me? Yeah. Okay. Bomb after bomb after bomb. It was just insane. Preston, what did you think of that fight? I I figured uh, Fury would go in and win. I, I kind of like him as as a boxer, but this is what you want heavyweight boxing to be. Like it hasn't been this way since you know Tyson and then all that in like the nineties. Like boxing has not been anything like this. This is a fight you wanted to see if you like. And I'm not a big boxing guy. Like I watch UFC more than I, I watch boxing. That's just because my roommates and friends like UFC as well. If it wasn't for them, I would I would have not even carried the way. But same. Um, uh, it's just, this is like the fight that you, you want to see if you're trying to get people into boxing. 
Um, hang on. I got to take this call. Real quick. Yeah, you're good. Put yourself on mute. Jake and I will continue, but Jake, yeah, I mean that fight, I mean, it's, it's who you want to, it's the, it's the people in the, the, the styles and the power that you want to see out of two heavyweights. And yeah. I thought, I thought that was honestly, I said it on Twitter. I thought it was the fight of the generation. I don't know what the generation means. I don't know if that means like 2000, 2005, 1990, I don't know, but at least in my, in my eyes, like that was the greatest fight I've ever seen it, like yeah. for my eyes watching it live. I've never seen anything better than that. Maybe if uh, maybe Mike Tyson fights back in the day were way better, probably were, but yeah, that if like Preston said, if you're trying to get people to watch boxing, that's the fight you want. That's that's exactly what you want out of boxing. Two of the baddest people on the planet, the strongest, most toughest people on the planet going at it head to head, nose to nose, pound for pound, round after round. It, 11 fucking rounds. It took 11 rounds for Fury to finally put an end. And honestly, after the third or fourth round, when Fury finally knocked Wilder down the first time, I thought every every round after that, I was like, this is the round it's going to end. This is the round it's going to end. And it just never did. Wilder just kept getting back up. Fury just kept getting back up. And at some point, Fury stopped taking those big bombs because he start, he landed one on Wilder where it's like once he landed that one, it was basically just wearing him down, just wearing him down. And so that was, a yeah, huge fight. I, I, I heard that he ran out of gas that you could kind of tell that yeah, while you, you kind of ran out of gas in the end, a hundred percent after probably like the eighth, maybe seventh round, you started noticing like, all right, Fury's got this in control, but you always know that Wilder has that punch. If he just lands one, yeah. he's got it, but he was just never able to really land. I mean, he landed a couple in the eighth, ninth round, but they were not like, they, they just didn't do as much damage as Wilder needed them to do. Um, but yeah, Preston, you nailed yeah. it right on the head. If you're trying to get people to watch boxing or you're, if you're a boxing fan that wants other people to watch boxing, that's the fight you ask for. That's the fight you want. If we can get that every time, if we can get, you know, three of those fights every year, but there's just no one in, I don't think there, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no one because I don't know the sport that well, but how yeah. I see it, the, the promotions that I see, there's no one like those two. There's no one like those two in the sport. And if you don't have two of those guys, you ain't going to get those fights. You're going to get those yeah. one round knockouts. I, I, I saw something that Fury's trying to set up a fight with Anthony Joshua over there in England. Um, so I think that would be a good one. But uh, yeah, no, that Wilder Fury, I, they're going to do it again. I think it'll probably be you know, in a year or so from now, but they'll, they'll, they'll have to do it again. Um, and it'll be probably just as good as the first couple. Yeah. Uh, and, and we got a huge card. I don't know when the car, I think it's like later this month, it might be in November, but a huge UFC card with Usman and, uh, Oh, what's his, the American, yeah, I can't from remember Oregon. Anyway. Oh, Jake, what's his name? What's his damn name? Oh, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, Is it that's Colby. <laughs> Yeah, Colby Covington. Colby yep. Covington, Colby Covington yeah. and Usman are going at it. Rose and uh, and whoever she fought last time that ended up winning, they're going to go at it. And then Dustin Gaethje and whoever he's fighting. I mean, it's a it's a great card. I can't remember the exact names, but that that I'm looking forward to that that freaking UFC fight. Usman is a beast too. Uh, I, I'm really I love UFC, but bam, damn, I just I couldn't get enough of that fight. That was. Awesome. I, I like almost couldn't go to sleep because I was so pumped up from that fight, but let's get into probably, I mean, 
Preston, you had a lot. You probably sweat a lot this weekend, not just from the beers you were drinking, like you said, but damn, those games this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday for you. Chargers. Well, and unfortunately here, yeah, unfortunately here we had bad weather tornadoes in the area. So the one of the few times the Chargers are actually on TV here in the Oklahoma City area is when they're playing the Browns that I missed half the game because there was uh, tornado coverage. Had to do a little uh, stream finding on the on the interwebs to uh, to pull that up. But uh, I mean, yeah, a good comeback win for the Chargers. Justin Herbert, five touchdowns against a good Browns defense. Um, and I kind of figured I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I kind of figured that the, uh, the Browns would run all over the chargers defense, which they did. Uh, Chubb and hunt are just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to that. But I was just surprised the chargers were able to come back and actually win that one. And, uh, the Browns, I don't know if they screwed themselves pushing Eckler into the end zone to, to get that touchdown at the end of the game, or if, um, they would have been better off doing that. Who knows? They ended up not scoring a touchdown to come back in and win it. But uh, I mean, overall, you're what four one, five and one on the season. If you're the Chargers, you got to be feeling good right now. Oh yeah, you got to be feeling great. Uh, and then the Bills last, uh, not last night, but two nights ago, ended up having a big win as well over the KC Chiefs. I think it's going to be Bills Chargers AFC Championship game. I think those are the two teams to beat. I think those two quarterbacks, Josh Allen's for the Bills and Justin Herbert for the Chargers. I think those two are the front runners, the absolute front. I think it's those two. And then by far, like very far down the list for MVP. I think those two guys insane. I mean, Josh Allen is a freaking beast. Justin Herbert is the, he's prototypical quarterback that you want in the NFL. I mean, I'm going to say it every week, the giants heartbroken this weekend. I mean, Saquon went down again. Then Daniel Jones tried running into the end zone. He got freaking popped right in the head and stumbling around to the point where a Cowboys player tried ran over to help him stay up. You don't see that. You don't even, that's how bad he was stumbling around. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, I do hope you guys are fine. But they, are, they just aren't the answer. They just not. Uh, we got to strip that whole team down and start over, start from the bottom or start. Well, start from the top, get that owner fucking out of there. John Mara, get out of there, sell the team, get someone in there that no, wants to win and will put in the right regime to do it. And I don't know if it's Joe judge. I, I don't think it is. I don't think he's the issue. I think he's do he's working with what he has, but boy, the giants are going to fucking, uh, another giants rant. We fucking whatever of giants ranting. <laughs> Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, clear cuts, MVP favorites, I think. Uh, and and I think they're going to be in one of those two teams is going to be in the Super Bowl. Guaranteed. I, you almost guarantee you can almost put guaranteed money on it. Uh, another game I want to talk about this upcoming weekend is the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to Cleveland and they're the last undefeated team. I know it's hard to go undefeated in the league you, and it's hard to just get, go undefeated out all in any league. I think the Arizona Cardinals, they're they're a dog in this game, plus two and a half. I think they win that game in Cleveland easily. I, I don't know how they're I don't know how they're not favorites. I mean, I know they're probably gonna lose one or two in, in the season for sure, but I don't think it's gonna be Cleveland. And that's no knock to Cleveland. I actually think I said this two weeks ago. I think Cleveland's a, a, before this past weekend when you guys played them, Preston, Cleveland's a good damn team. They really are. But the Cardinals are just different beast. They were, they're just a different animal in the, in the NFC. What do you guys think? about? No, that? And Cleveland was the first team ever to score 40 points in a, in a football game and lose uh, in, in really? the NFL. Yeah. I think the previously they're like 400 and something and oh, 
and then it's now it's 400 something in a one. Uh, I did not know that. It was crazy. 40 points and no turnovers is what it was. It was 400 oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Cleveland, yeah, they're a good football team, but uh, Arizona, I think they're also a good football team. I like the Browns defense a little bit better than the Cardinals defense. Um, and, and Baker Mayfield right now with a bum shoulder. I, I just don't think it's a good a good time for them to be uh, playing a team like the Cardinals and even, you know, having to play the Chargers last week. It's not a good time in their season to be playing teams like that that are Super Bowl contenders or and whatnot. Agreed. A hundred percent. I think and and Jake, we'll get to you in a second because I got to, I got something to say about your team, too. But, yeah, I think plus two and a half for the cards. I know Cleveland's a good team. With Baker having a bum shoulder and they just, they're the Browns. They're the Browns. So I think the cards take that game plus two and a half. And Preston, you know what's crazy too is I saw it last night and it's still the same spread, but the Chargers are dogs against the Ravens next week or this upcoming weekend. I think it's two and a half or maybe three. And I don't see that. I know, I think it's in Baltimore, but. Yeah. I think that's the only reason I have to travel across the country. Yeah, uh, but the Chargers are such a different team. The Baltimore Chargers and Bills are so much better than everyone else in the league. It's unreal that they're not. I, I don't know how it could be a three point. I, I think that should at least be a pick 'em game, if not have the uh, Chargers be a favorites. But the next one, and this is a team that you know, Preston, you faced them, you ended up beating them, and it was one of those: are they the real deal or not? Are they going to fall downhill? And I, th- I think they're just going to keep falling after what happened yesterday, last night, Monday Night Football, the breaking news that happened. Yeah, it turns out John Gruden's a piece of shit. Yeah, it and, turns out he's a uh, fucking dickhead. He no one sucks. likes him. So, but yeah. you know who's getting the biggest pass is ESPN. He worked for ESPN, and ESPN is acting like that didn't happen under their under the, you know on, while he was employed by yeah. them. They're 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 getting they're skating by so on. It's like the Zamboni just went out and they got fresh ice. They, they, they stay yeah. by easily. Uh, but the, the, the Raiders are probably going to fall for the rest of the season. I don't see them putting it back together. Maybe because he got fired, they rally around the new interim head coach and just pull out some wins, but Broncos are favored minus three and a half up in Denver this week against the Raiders. I think Broncos are going to win that game. I don't think the Raiders are, I think they're just going to continue to falter. I think this is too much of a big, this is too much of a deal. It's it's like the Jags, which by the way, urban's probably like the news yeah. is also the news is off of him now. Cause that buys urban at least a couple more weeks before everyone's calling for yeah. his job. So yeah, urban just got urban and ESPN are skating by so easily right now. Cause I mean, John Gruden is a dickhead and he's an asshole. So that's the news. That's the news. John Gruden's the news. But yeah, I think that's too much of a distraction. I think it's such a, such a point of emphasis that the Raiders, I think it's just going to hurt them throughout. I think it's going to be a ripple effect throughout their whole team. Uh, like I said, maybe, maybe the other way around, maybe they rally around him getting fired and rally around the new interim head coach and they pull out a crazy stretch of the middle of the season or something. But I, I don't see that happening. I think Broncos minus three and a half over the Raiders is a lock. I think that's a lock. Jake, what do you got to say on that? Because that's your team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, is uh, we win this game, we hit the over for the season total. So, you know, <laughs> it works. It works out for us. You know, I mean, we've been struggling. We play really well at mile high. Uh, yeah, the whole, uh, I mean, with the Broncos, you're going to get what you're going to get right now. So, I mean, we're we're struggling, but we'll – we we find ways to win this season, which is kind of surprising. But we've played 
like I said, horrible teams to get those wins. Um, with the whole Gruden thing, I, I don't know about anything. I, I couldn't find and read what the email said. I haven't. Uh, like, so if you just, go to the New York, New York times has a story, which has some of the, some of the words that were said in the emails. Well, I figured it had to be bad because he didn't really fight it. Cause at first I had people calling and telling me that, like it was jokes between him and his buddy and it wasn't that bad. And then there's another one where it's no. like the opposite. So I couldn't, I couldn't get a reading cause I couldn't, I was looking at for it, but I couldn't find it. So that well, that's kind of surprising news. Today. Yeah. But uh, also the thing about urban on a real quick note is what I would do is I think coach O is about done in Louisiana and, uh, the second that job goes out, Urban to LSU would be a. I said that, that last would week. Be an I said that game. that's yeah. probably and a more enticing spot than USC is probably LSU. LSU is one of the yeah. sleazeball universities that would definitely hire a, a sleazeball coach like Urban Meyer. For sure, <laughs> they don't even. They probably don't even know what's going on. They probably have not even heard about yeah. it. Especially the fans. The fans probably just hear the name Urban. And they're like, "Yeah, bring us a national championship. We don't care." <laughs> Well, that's what, that's exactly what happened. Let's be honest. If he went, if he goes to USC or L, maybe not USC, but if he goes to LSU for sure, he's winning a national championship within five years. I mean, you can almost put your money on it. Um, but yeah, one thing, one more thing I want to touch on for NFL that will wrap this show up. Are the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, are they like down bad just for the year or what? Because Patrick Mahomes, since Mahomes week 12 of overrated, it year, we're finally figuring out he's overrated. He's not as good as every everyone says. Everyone wants on ESPN, Fox, all the national reporters for the NFL want to just hop on top of him and start riding that guy like he's some king of the NFL football world whenever he really isn't. And now it's really showing he's a one-hit wonder. They won the Super Bowl that one year. They probably will never win the Super Bowl again with him. And uh, it is what it is. I, that's exactly the response I wanted from you, Preston, specifically, because that's a I know that's a rivalry for you. And actually, same for you, uh, Jake, but you're not as much of an NFL fan as Preston is. So I wanted that response from uh, Preston. <laughs> and so, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, th that stat that we saw, what was it, two or three weeks ago where Pre uh, Patrick Mahomes QBR was like, bottom bottom half of the league since week 12 or week 14 or whatever it was last year. I mean, he, he continues to just put up 70 QBRs every week. Yeah. You know, I mean, here this tells you a lot about the NFL, like media as a whole, he throws a no look pass that's intercepted versus chargers in like week two or three, whenever they played and everyone was just hyping that up. Like he throws a, a no look interception. You're going to go out here and tell me if anyone else in the NFL would have done that, everyone would have been like, why the hell is he throwing a no look pass? Yeah. If, they, if like Daniel that, Jones does that, they, yeah. they just shit on his throw, shit down yeah. his throat. And so I agree. I, I don't know. I don't want to call him overhyped yet. I want to get, I would give it one after this year, one more season of average play and then be like, all right, well, he's just an average quarterback average, maybe above average or, or, because that style of quarterback is becoming more and more common where you're just able to get out of the pocket and scramble and stuff and do those crazy. I mean, Josh Allen does those throws all the time. He doesn't get hyped up. I think after this year he will, but I think that's the average quarterback is that mobile quarterback, that quarterback can, that can move and get those crazy weird throws off. Lamar Jackson was doing it last night against the Colts. He had an insane game, but yeah, I think, I think Patrick Mahomes, if he does another year of just average play, 
he's an average quarterback and he's getting paid half a billion dollars to be, yeah. to do so. I mean, that might be, that might be why he's he also lucky. He has one of the greatest offensive minds in like football history as his head coach. Um, if he didn't have that, then he would probably be, have been doing what he's doing now his whole entire career. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and like I said, it the last two weeks, I think I, the quarterback of the NFL, the future is two of them. I, I do believe it's Josh Allen as well, but Justin Herbert is going to be, he is that guy. He's that guy that can do, he's going to be in the league for 20 plus years and he's going to be consistently grinding out the top, grinding out those playoff spots and probably win a couple of couple Super Bowls. As long as that team can stick around and stick together. I think, I think chargers have a Super Bowl or five in their future uh, going forward. I, maybe not five. Cause that's hard to do, but they, <laughs> well, I think you guys get a Super Bowl in the next five years for sure. I, I sure hope so. What hurts me to say, dude, in that list is Ky- Kyler Murray is kind of climbing in that list there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, young quarterbacks are doing good. That MVP list, I think he's, he's, he's up there. I think Justin Herbert's going to win, but Kyler yeah, Murray might, might finish, might, might finish up there, you know? Yeah. Prescott's yeah. going to get some sympathy votes just because of what happened last year, which, you know, he, he's played well for sure. Um, but I think that you have a, a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert that are, are playing well consistently not just uh, well week. Ex- yeah. extremely well like they're playing yeah. by far every week week in week out extremely well putting up insane numbers i think yeah. cowboys are better this year than i think this is oh, the yeah. team that cowboys fans thought they were the last 20 years uh cowboys are good and i had money against the cowboys this past weekend they're good i took my giants i, I tried riding with them and then fucking saquon went down no having digs in the secondary there for the cowboys oh what does he have six interceptions so far this season seven interceptions yeah it's in i think he had two that game this past weekend and so they're they're a legit team yeah kyler murray too but i think by far bar none it's josh allen justin herbert future of the NFL for sure. That's going to do it for this show, boys. I think, I think we had a pretty good episode. Uh, yep. Once again, if you're listening all the way through, please like comment, subscribe, definitely subscribe and follow us on Twitter at the biggest here at press and pool four Oh five at Jake cart. You guys have any last words? Nope. Nope. Hey, maybe. No, maybe actually I hard, do. Maybe, Spencer maybe was well, all right, Preston, yeah. go first. Spencer Rattler was practicing with the second team today. Of course he was. Jake? <laughs> yeah. Like I said in, in the other show, dude, start Ralph Rucker. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, is uh, maybe the Cowboys got a little juice from the Hard Knocks, you know, because that was the Hard Knocks thing over yeah, the summer. Maybe. So maybe maybe those Cowboys got, got a little Hard Knocks juice in them. Maybe. See what happens. All right. All right, boys, I'll do it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Peace. See you.